take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. Anyway, yes. we're, we're not doing a podcast series on reviewing TV shows, by the way, for anyone who might have only just started listening at this point in the episode. It- I think it might be my side hustle, though. You're listening to How to Take the Lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie Ann Wade, two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership. What started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day. We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find our show notes, subscribe to our email list for extra goodies, as well as catch up on previous episodes. And we're now on social media so get involved in the conversations by following us on twitter or instagram at how to take the lead hello and welcome to this episode of how to take the lead uh it's episode eight already which i can't quite believe i don't know where this series is flying by too but i am of course joined by my partner in crime or partner in collaboration depending what day of the week it is and what mischief we're getting up to so welcome lee how are you I'm well, actually, yes, I've just gone and had a bit of self-care, got my nails done, but I knew I was working a bit later today to do the recording, so I thought, actually, you know, I'm going to take care of myself rather than just work through and make it an extra long day. Very nice. I'm loving you prioritising self-care, which is something we talk a lot about in terms of leaders needing to do that. So some good role modelling, but I'm glad you were back in time to do this recording. And how are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm in a slight frantic frenzy um, because I'm about to go on annual leave in a few days' time and I've got that horrible, you know, trying to, you're trying to do all of this week's work, all of the week's work while you're off, kind of working out what you're going to do for every eventuality and then you take a breath and you go, do you know what, last time I went on leave, everybody coped fine without me, so why am I in such a panic? Yeah. But, you, but you hit that stage before you go away where you just think, why have I even bothered to book leave? Like, I just might as well just keep working. Yeah, just be easier if I wasn't going on holiday. But I know when I'm on holiday with a good book, I'll be fine. And I'm I'm going to do some self-care when I'm on holiday. I'm having a digital detox. Lovely. I'm not going to be on my socials. I'm not going to be checking my emails. I'm not going to do any work because I feel like, hopefully, not quite until after we finish recording this episode, that my my brain is feeling frazzled and I'm ready. For, I re- The first time in a long time, I feel really ready for a proper break. So I am looking forward to it. Oh, well, I hope you have a good one Thank when you, you. get there. <laughs> when I get there. Yes, we've got more important things to talk about than my holiday plans, though. And in this episode, we were going to explore, well, we are going to, not we were, we are going to explore that point at which in your leadership um journey and this happens probably more than once where you have that thought process about should you stay or should you go and I want I want to say it in a tune because I think it's a song but I don't actually know what song it is that it's, it's reminding that, it's me of the clash song isn't it I, I would attempt to sing but anyone <laughs> that heard series one knows that that isn't a good idea <laughs> you don't want that as the opener to an episode but no. I think at least now I know it's the clash should I stay or should I go So that's what we're going to explore in this episode. And I think we've probably all been in situations as a leader when we do start to have that conversation with ourselves at the very least about is it time for me to move on? 
Am I ready to go? Has something happened that might be signaling to me uh, strongly or otherwise that it's time to move on? Then on reflection, I guess maybe not. If you're currently in your first leadership role, maybe you've not quite got into that headspace yet. But I think it's something that that we consider throughout our leadership career and does happen to us. So before we get into the nitty gritty of offering some words of wisdom and hopefully some advice and some of our thoughts around that, I just wanted to explore some of our own experiences in this space around making those decisions about moving on and and when it might be time to go. And if you'll indulge me just for a moment, Lee, I was going to share a couple of mine um, because for me there have been a few different occasions when when this has been something I've had to consider as a leader and and sometimes and in in more positive lights it's been a very proactive kind of question that I've asked myself and, and explored with others which is about that time when you move on for me it's when I feel like there's nothing left perhaps for me to learn nothing perhaps left that I feel like I can really achieve and have an impact on in that role or organization and when I feel like it's time for me to push myself personally. So that's definitely been an experience I've had in my career when making a choice to move on from a role. But I have also had that experience when it was clear with a change in organisational leadership that my face didn't perhaps fit anymore. And maybe I wasn't really aligned to that new leadership way of thinking or way of working. And probably, if I'm really honest, have decided to move on on that particular occasion before I got the sense that I would probably be pushed a little bit or or nudged to move on mm-hmm. and make that decision. So I've definitely had that experience as well. More recently, an experience for me when I felt like it was time for me to go. I felt like I'd achieved as much as I could in, in my organisation, in my leadership role, and I felt ready for a new challenge, but actually then got a new leader into the organisation, which gave me a bit of a new lease of life a different sense of direction in terms of of where I was heading as a leader in that organization so that actually made a decision for me that I wanted to stay so for me I've sort of had three experiences that have all been a bit different from each other in that space when considering that question so I'd like to pose that question back to you Lee and just see if you'd be happy to share what sort of situations you might have found yourself in when you've been pondering the conundrum about should you stay or should you go as a leader? I mean, a lot of what you've said has resonated with my own experiences in my corporate life. I've been in situations where absolutely felt like Groundhog Day and I'd do harm to someone if I had to run another campaign (laughs) for another... I thought you were going to say I had to to write another annual report. Well, yeah, you know board paper, PowerPoint presentation, you know, you name it. But I got to that point where everything was like, oh, I can't do, I don't think I can do this again. I can't do this again. I've been in situations where I've worked in pretty toxic environments and had that sense of, I just need to get out of here. I can't, I can't stay any longer. It wasn't to the extent that I felt I was being pushed out, but I definitely wasn't being felt to made welcome made to felt feel I can't even say it <laughs> you weren't being made to feel welcome I wasn't being made to feel welcome and it just was not a nice place to be at all so I was having what can I do where can I go type discussions with myself but actually they went before I went and the situation changed and I got a new lease of life and it, it felt a lot better and then 
I've had opportunities come up when I've not been looking for them and do you want to give this a go? And I've gone, oh yeah, okay, that would be interesting. And then obviously my, my biggest, should I stay or should I go, is when I walked out of my corporate role, which I had got to the point where I, and we'll probably explore some of this maybe later in, in the episode about the just different decisions, but for me, there was no, I'm going to apply for another job and, and hang around. I was like, I'm going and I'm getting out of here now. And that was... It was a quick decision and a quick execution after um, a moment of opportunity of clarity, I suppose. So, and that was a decision I made purely on me wanting to get my life back. <laughs> so, yeah, I've had I've had a bit of it all really throughout my, you know, it's twenty years of corporate life, but I'm still relatively young to when you think about all the things you have gone through in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I know you've shared before around your decision to quit corporate leadership life, as it were, and and you say it now quite casually, like, oh, it was a really quick decision. And I do know from our conversations that actually it was executed quite quickly, which I think was was a good thing for you because it's almost like like once you've made the decision, you sort of want it to happen, don't you? Mm. But I guess you kind of, you said that with a level of just being quite blasé about it that probably doesn't do justice to what you had to think about when you were making that decision for yeah. yourself. Well, maybe it does, I don't know. So I just it's just a thought that triggered for me whilst, whilst you were talking about how casually you say it now, but I, I wonder if it felt like that at the time for you. It was probably two years in the making and I moved to another job in a different organisation um, thinking that that was the thing that was the change I needed and actually... I don't regret making that change, but what it did was shine a light on that I needed to make a bigger change than the one I did. So, yeah, it, it once once I had that realization that it, actually it's not about just going to an a another place. Yeah. I needed to do something radically different. Then it was quite quick, but it probably had. You're right. It probably took a couple of years of trying different things to explore whether I stay or go. And and for me, it was. Do I stay in this organisation? Do I stay in my profession and my industry? Do I stay in this sector? So there was lots of questions I asked myself. Yeah, and I think we'll probably touch on some more of your experience as we work through the conversation in this episode. I was just going to try and structure the conversation a little bit around those different types of decisions that Mm. you make around should you stay or should you go? Because as we've touched on, there's a spectrum, isn't there, of like you making the decision for yourself for different reasons and potentially other people maybe helping or forcing that decision upon you so I wanted to start in the space where actually you know it's it's more of a positive conversation that you're wanting to have with yourself and others and a situation where you're looking to leave because you want that new challenge you're ready for something new in terms of your leadership career so what sort of advice would you give to leaders listening who who maybe are in that headspace right now I'm trying to think of the right word to use but <laughs> I think there's there, there can be lots of feelings and emotions that you go through as an individual when you're thinking about, should I go? And, and you've touched on some of the emotions that you've had. Similarly with me, it, it could be that Groundhog Day. It could be you want to do something different, but you don't feel you've got that opportunity where you are. It might be um, you're just really tired and frustrated in the situations that you're facing in in your organization or you might get a sense of excitement when you're looking 
outside other things or opportunities that other people have got elsewhere and you go I want that for me or you know there could be huge practical reasons why you think I need to go money location flexibility and all of that kind of stuff and I think the first really important thing that I've learned is that sense of being able to process what you are actually thinking and feeling and if you think is this something that's going to pass so getting that clarity because I think I've lived that experience sometimes you you jump out of the fire into the no out of the frying pan into the fire I got it right (laughs) I nearly wanted to do a little cheer then she got one right I should be keeping a tally of your liaisms when you get them right versus when they're when they're a lovely muddle that actually (laughs) usually sound better (laughs) yes so you know sometimes the grass isn't always greener than than where you're at and you need to maybe process some of your feelings around what would need to change for me to be happy and stay where I am for example and then to once you've answered that is that realistic is that achievable and if the answers to those are are positive then maybe it isn't a go move that you want if the answers are are, are less positive or you don't think that the changes can happen where you're at then it's a different type of discussion you need to have around what would different look like and I do an exercise with my clients it's called the career priorities wheel and they pick out six to eight things that are really important to them in their career and we do a bit of an assessment around right well where would you rate that in your current job versus where would you want it to be And you start to tease out what's really important to you, what's important to you in terms of your growth, where the gaps are and how that's been fulfilled in your current role and really get you laser focused on what that next step might be. I did that myself when I was looking at what I was going to do in my career. And I know it's given huge clarity to people that I've worked with as well. So it can feel a bit procedural and processy, but actually... There's some fundamental questions you need to ask yourself rather than just going, I I want a new job, because actually you could just be in the same situation, just with a different person paying your your wage at the end of the month. I I think it, it is that point, isn't it, about having that reflection time and understanding what your drivers might be for thinking that you you want to move on and think for me the way you've described it people might think is procedural but actually it's really important to understand what is it that you want because again it's like you might think you want a new role or to work in a new organization but actually when you really take the time to dig a bit deeper some of the things that you might be looking for to get that career satisfaction or you know that development that you that you really are striving for you might get be able to get in the role that you're in and that might help you make a different decision about whether you move on or not I think something for me that's come up in that position where it's more about an opportunity for you to grow and progress and maybe it's when you've seen your I don't know if there is such things I'm doing it in bunny ears your dream Mm. job somewhere else that you Mm. think yes that's the job for me there have been occasions I know for me in my career where I have felt like I've wanted to move on because I, I personally am ready for it but I have almost felt a sense of guilt tied into like loyalty to my team and organization because I haven't been able to pinpoint there being like something wrong 
with where mm-hmm. I am currently. Mm-hmm. So, do you know, I don't know if you've ever had that where it's like, you know, my team's really good. They're really supportive. We're working really well. We're achieving lots. I work in an organization that's nice to work for with people who seem to care about the people that work here. I get paid well. But actually, I just personally feel ready for that next step and that next mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes mm-hmm. for me, that's been associated almost with a sense of guilt or feeling a bit selfish. Like, I shouldn't want to take that next step, even though I, I'm feeling like it's right for me, because there isn't anything wrong with the space that I'm in. And I think sometimes that takes a bit of unpicking to kind of get yourself in that right headspace to to be okay with the fact that you want to strive for the next thing or look to do something a bit different and that's all right. I think that's where exercises like the priorities wheel are really helpful because you can almost take some of the emotion out of it and and it starts to shine a light on the things that you value most in your career and in the type of job that you seek and then you can almost do that um objective look at well is this job currently giving that to me or what else would this job need to give me for me to feel that this was a 10 out of 10 job in this aspect so I do think having the ability to do something like that's quite important I think the other thing that um also sometimes gets overlooked is the fact that you need to look at yourself in relation to the state your organisation is in at that time and maybe match your skills set with what it needs. Because I think, particularly if you're at a more senior level, that organisations do need different types of leaders for different types of scenarios. So if you're a leader who's brilliant at turnaround but not so great at maybe bringing everyone together and doing the culture change piece if your organization's done the turnaround and needs someone that can reconcile and bring people together and you know you're not that kind of person then that maybe might make the decision for you that you need to go somewhere that's going to give you that's going to match your skills in in the best way if that makes sense yeah absolutely does make sense and I think just as you're speaking there what's coming to mind for me is the fact that actually very early on in my career I don't think I was ever encouraged particularly or given the tools to think about some of this for myself and it only actually for me feels quite recent that we are sort of having conversations not just with leaders about about anybody in the workplace really starting to think about what do they want to get out of their working life you know is that something to do with being more balanced with their home life what do they enjoy what do they love what do they what are they good at what what the things that make them want to poke their eyeballs out do you know what I mean like I don't think we we I don't know early in my career I don't feel like I had a lot of those conversations with anybody but actually what I'm seeing more of now is a bit more openness to having those conversations and and some of the exercises you've talked about and the the mindset you've talked about getting yourself into to to consider what next in, in your career just makes me think of the squiggly careers which is a book and a podcast by Sarah Ellis and Helen Tupper where actually they start to give you practical exercises and talk a lot about you working out you know where is it that you want to go on this Mm, journey and mm. it's okay if it isn't linear and in a Mm. certain trajectory it's okay to change and and try different things and so um for me I just think that kind of maybe 
more of a coaching approach to thinking about your own own career and where you want to go next can be really valuable for sure. Yeah, the career wheel I talk about, there's a life wheel as well that you can do, which is very similar about understanding where does work sit in your bigger priorities? And actually, you know, people can get into leadership roles and then realise this isn't for me and for, for the lifestyle I want or for I don't want to I don't know, work long hours culture or I don't want to travel a lot or whatever. I don't want that responsibility of having to be the accountable person or the legal responsibilities or whatever it might be because all of this other stuff outside of work is more important and I'm not willing to compromise on that that people do step away and that decision to change what they do comes from a sense of would you know what I can drop in my salary because my priority is to be closer to home and work fewer days a week because I want to spend time with my family or I want to go to the gym or I want to Fridays is my day I want to go and get my nails done and go for a swim and have lunch with the girls or whatever it might be. CEO level is not easy. Staying there is hard still. The average UK CEO tenure is less than five years. Meanwhile, 50% of executives don't make 18 months in post. That's why it's essential you don't leave those first days and weeks in your dream job to chance. Being intentional with what you see, say and do is a must-have first step if you're going to make the right impact. With the 100-day plan, I help you get clear on your big vision, set a strategy that connects and the communications plan to deliver it. Using my six steps to make an impact framework, you'll have intensive one-to-one support, blending coaching, strategy days, and done with you consulting, as well as my expert eye on all your messaging and communications. Visit sundayskies.com to find out more. If you're enjoying this episode of How to Take the Lead, please hit subscribe and go and leave a review or rating. We'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic. Please DM us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram or Twitter, or tag us into your socials using the hashtag How to Take the Lead. So it feels like we've been talking about that space where really we're owning our decision to make that move and decide that we're moving on, or maybe not, maybe we're deciding we're staying, but we're doing a lot of proactive work in the conversation that we've just had around kind of really owning that and being in that space. But We've touched on it a little bit, I think, when you talked about, you know, considering whether you're the right leader for an organisation, if your skill sets still match what that organisation needs. There will be times potentially in our leadership careers where we're sometimes forced into a decision about staying or going. And it's usually about going, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, That might be through a restructure, a change in leadership. It might be a performance issue. It It could be a whole number of things that feel like they come perhaps in a more negative kind of space with more negative connotations. So what sort of advice would you give to leaders who are maybe finding themselves in that situation where there's definitely a you will be going element to where they're at in their career right now? But we know that some organisations can be cutthroat and we probably all know someone that's been managed out of an organisation. I definitely, I don't think I've worked for a single organisation where I'm not aware of at least one person had the unfortunate, I don't know what the word circumstance, is. For. Circumstance, I don't know, maybe yeah. situation. <laughs> situation where they, they've been let go. And I suppose what you notice is those 
how different people handle things differently and what's a good way and, and perhaps a not great way to handle it. Um, because to be frank, it's really shit, isn't it? If if you're in that situation and usually there's stuff that leads up to that point of those discussions. So you're probably already feeling under the cosh. You're probably already questioning your abilities or confidence in yourself to be able to do certain things and that just gets perpetuated as as people start to have conversations about your future in an organization and you need to deal with and process your emotions as you go through that but I think in some ways this is the point where your strategic brain really does need to kick in and you need to start thinking about the long game and I know that's easier said than done but even if you look at I don't know football managers there's a real difference isn't there between when the narrative of a football manager who's sacked versus a mutual decision versus they've decided to step down and so as early as you can take control of your narrative and the process you go through the better really so whether it's things like how you agree about when it's going to be announced, having oversight of the comms, all of that, don't leave that power to someone else. You you need to own it because obviously there's things like your legacy and your reputation that are at risk here. And, and so you do want to make sure that you're protecting that as much as possible. I do think there are, there are exceptions to that type of situation though. So if you think you've been treated unfairly, because you've been bullied or discriminated, then I do think that's different. I think then you need to be checking in with your support network to get some perspective from them. Um, you might need maybe more of an independent conversation with someone more senior than your manager or a board member if you are in the board. It might be a designated person for whistleblowing if it is really that extreme. Don't forget you are entitled to representation and, and support. So I think particularly in those types of scenarios, your integrity as a leader and the bigger picture might mean that you need to put yourself in a difficult situation and speak out or make a stand and all of that stuff. And that can be hard. So I do think it part circumstance. I think in every mm. circumstance, though, as a leader, you need to try and have as much control of the narrative if not the process yeah and I think the point you made about the emotional aspects of that is really important isn't it because it can feel hard to take some of that control mm. if you are in a space where you're feeling very emotional about about the circumstance you find yourself in and for me the point you made about support I think is is a really crucial one I think the spectrum of that um kind of process or circumstance that, that you might find yourself in I think having that support network around you to help you process some of that emotion and maybe look at it from a slightly one step removed circumstance it is really helpful in that situation and that might be through a support network of peers you know professional network that you're part of might be friends it might be um, it might be through a coach and or mentor but I think mm. having a safe space where you can have some of that conversation and even talk about the fact that you want to take ownership of that narrative and and work through what that might look and feel like for you and work through some of the potential responses that you might anticipate getting from your organization if you try to 
to take mm. that control, I think can be really helpful for sure. There was also a little bit that I wanted to touch on. It's a slight aside, a slight, a, a slight digress, I would say, but often in circumstances where there is a change in leadership in an organization or restructure, something's happening. And we've talked about being emotionally invested in things as well as a leader. I guess there's that bit for me sometimes how, and you touched on it around what does the organization need earlier, but there's that bit about as a leader, sometimes the organization maybe does need something different. Maybe there's a bigger Mm. purpose or a bigger cause that means some leaders might need to step up and do something that truly is for the greater good but that that can be really entrenched in what your own personal circumstance is mm. and I guess you know I, I just wonder how many leaders will truly maybe make some decisions about leaving an organization and you talked about football managers stepping down it's not just in sport is it but how many leaders I wonder would would truly recognize that actually now's the time for me to go because I'm doing a disservice to my organization my yeah. team or whatever and how many people might be hanging on because they do have those personal circumstances like paying a mortgage for example to consider one of the things I wanted to just briefly explore before I move us on into a bit of a different space around the question of should you stay or should you go is sometimes you make a decision that it's your time to move on and you want to leave and you're in that position and kind of preparing yourself for it and then people uh, swoop in and go no we don't want you to go. Please don't go. We want you to stay. What can we do to make you stay? And and you can quite easily, I think, sometimes get caught up in the kind of wow factor of like, people don't want me to leave. I'm having such an impact here. I just wondered what you might consider if you were in that position of, of potentially almost being ready to make that step and leave. And then people are trying to convince you that, that you should stay. And I guess some of it will be the same as the advice you've already given. But I can see that some of us, maybe some of us extroverts in particular, might be easily flattered into thinking it would be a good idea to stay. I just wanted to get your views on that, Lee. So uh, I think I've referenced this TV show before and you would think I absolutely love it. Is it Columbo? No, Ball. I'd watch it, but he isn't. I can't say it's like a massive favourite of mine. I do moan about it most weeks. I'm not just randomly, but it's an interesting point because one of the lead characters is really unhappy in the workplace. It's been schmoozed by another company. Is this going to be another spoiler alert that we have to let listeners know about, though? Oh, yeah, potentially, potentially. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I've try, I'll try not to give too much away. Yeah. So she's been schmoozed by another company. The boss gets wind, well, doesn't get wind, actually just sees her out at lunch with this other person, smoozing her, offers her what he thinks she wants, so she decides to stay. Then the schmoozer person comes in with a better offer. The schmoozer person, I love it. (laughs) Comes in with a better offer, and at that point, she decides she's going to go. Even though this boss has decided he's going to do everything he can to keep her, but it comes down to the fundamental thing around she didn't actually want all the bells and whistles. She wanted the value to be felt and for her boss to understand the value that she actually was adding to the organisation. So it wasn't about getting a partnership or any of this kind of stuff. So she actually did leave regardless of them giving her everything that she they thought she wanted. And so I say that to say, I, th- I think it goes back to there's obviously an underlying reason that you're thinking about wanting to go or decided to go. 
what's actually going to change if you stay? And is that the thing that you've, you know, back to that first premise of, is it realistic and achievable? Are they going to make that change? Or are they just going to say that they are to keep you, but you're going to be in the same place in three, four, five months time? Again, this is where the career priorities wheel, I think, is a really helpful tool for you to start to weigh up the pros and cons. It's a bit like uh, Ross in Friends when he's doing his pros and cons for Julie and um, Rachel. Oh, we're going to go there. We're going to now be asking the question, were they on a break or not? And, <laughs> and I'm properly digressing now. I saw a brilliant clip on social media about somebody bought a doormat that said, were Ross oh, and Rachel yes. on a break? Yes, yes or I've no? seen and, that. And, and people were leaving their parcels with whether they thought they were or they weren't. But anyway, yes. we're, we're not doing a podcast series on reviewing TV shows, by the way, for anyone who might have only just started listening at this point in the episode. It, I think it might be my side hustle, though. Yeah, future spin-off series. I'm, I'm all for it. But anyway, sorry, I've totally distracted you now. But I'm the, the point I make is slightly in jest, but is an important one, is the pros and cons of you've mapped out your priorities and that's led you to a decision around you want to leave. If if someone's trying to woo you back or, or get you to stay, is it ticking all those boxes that have said you're going to go? And is it just a, are they BSing you or is it really going to deliver? Will there be an actual change? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to move us on now because I'm conscious that this is an episode that feels like we could keep talking about for a really long time. We focused a lot in this episode so far on you as an individual, personal choices for you, things that impact you personally as a leader and impact your career. But obviously, as a leader, you have a responsibility for leading a team or an organisation. And when you're preparing to leave or you've made a decision to leave or you're being moved on, whatever the circumstances that, that is leading to you leaving that organisation or that team, I guess I'm just interested in exploring a little bit around what support and how do you support the team that you're leading to kind of deal with the fact that you're moving on? I think there are two ways people handle it. So you've got the responsible way, which is what we're going to talk about in, in detail. <laughs> You do have individuals who handle it irresponsibly and, and clock out before they leave and don't think about it. Now, I think I have issues with that because I think you need to exit well from any organisation because it's your legacy, your reputation, it affects future employment opportunities, all of that kind of stuff. So that's why earlier on I was talking about your narrative. And I think part of the narrative is about helping your team to understand your decisions to go. And also bigging up your team and, and the achievements that they've had and the proud moments that you have had as a leader of that team. And I suppose where you see the team and the organisation going in the future, because that's all part of your legacy narrative and part of the spiel you're going to take with you into your next role, whatever that might be. I think there's practical things about making the handover easy and that transition for the new leader that's going to come into your post so that your team don't feel as disrupted as, as possible. So obviously have a clear handover. Be really conscious about not being negative about the organisation, that whole clocking off thing. Don't be de demob happy. Um Think about how you can support the incumbent person who might be coming into your role. So 
if it's someone maybe who's already working in the organization, how could you perhaps do a, a gradual handover of responsibilities so that they are getting to know the team and you're starting to exit gracefully? Obviously, think about how you want to be treated going into your new role if you have one lined up and use that to consider the type of experience you want to leave for your successor. I think it's a, a really important one. Make sure you're saying thank you to people that supported you along the way because you never know when you're going to encounter them again. That They'll crop up, I'm sure, particularly if you stay in the same sector. And I think my final thing is you need to find a way to manage your feelings and emotions through this whole period of time because you're leaving and the organisation will move on. and that probably will start before you actually leave the building and it can be hard not to take that personally. So part of your managing your exit is to, I suppose, understand that that's going to happen and get okay with that. And and I think linked to that point for me and building on that would be the point that it's all right to tell your team that that's okay as well. Yeah. Because I think there will be people in the team that you're leaving that will have, a, you'd hope, would have a sense of loyalty to you and yeah. the way that you've worked together. And I and I think you, you do have a responsibility to let your team know that actually change might come, but it's really important for them to be able to continue to demonstrate in your absence all the great things that they deliver and that they do and to help give them a voice with a new leader that's coming in. That means they feel able to articulate that really well but also give them that opportunity to, I guess, to think about the fact that that there might be some change to come for them and that's okay and that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Actually, that's potentially a, an opportunity for them because I think sometimes you're, the team's going to worry. We've got the team exactly how we like it. We like the way we operate. Mm. We feel really comfortable with each other. We feel like we're in a safe space and that's all going to change. And I, th- mm. I think you do have a responsibility to help some of your team work through that as well. It feels like it's about time to move us on to that point in the episode where we draw things to a close with our top takeaways and how to. So for me, I just wanted your thoughts, Lee, on how you create the space and conditions to really think about as a leader, whether you should stay or whether you should go. So I think for me, your job is part of your life so I think you need to consider it as part of the bigger picture so the career priorities where I think is a really useful tool to give you that space in terms of the asking different questions that might lead you to, to an answer and it will shine the light on compromises you might need to make and the conflicts that might arise as well I think it can be easy in the moment particularly if you have a really shitty day to think, oh, that's it, I need to go. It could be easier said than done, but even just going, taking yourself off to a coffee shop for a couple of hours with a notebook and just getting down in your head some of those things you prioritise is, is just a good starting point to ask those questions around what needs to change. You didn't ask the question at the end of the day, what needs to change and is it realistic for it to happen here? Absolutely. And I think the only thing I would add as as a top tip would be about your support network and making sure Mm -hmm. you've got that around you to be able to have a space and a sounding board to have some of those conversations out loud. I think once you've started to get some clarity or at least hope to get that clarity in your head, 
it can be helpful just to to test that out with other people so think about that and whether or not your coach or mentor if you've got one is a, a possible space and opportunity for you to to start thinking through some of those questions would be my advice Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every Thursday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate it or leave a review. Visit housetakethelead.com for all the info from today's show to catch up on previous episodes and to sign up to our mailing list. And we'd love to know your thoughts and experiences on the topics we cover. Follow us at How to Take the Lead on Instagram and Twitter to get involved in the conversation. So until next week, get out there and take the lead. Thank you.